0: I remind you of just a couple of things before we get into the word this morning. Uh, again, Pastor Tasha talked about Monday night prayer. Uh, we're here praying every Monday night. But I want to remind you that throughout the valley, starting on the 18th, just this weekend, and going through the 28th, there's a valley-wide prayer challenge, 10 days of prayer and fasting. And so you have, if you haven't picked something and said, listen, I'm going to fast that, whether it's social media, some type of food or whatever, whatever. Uh, Pick something set that aside spend some time praying. You can go online again. The 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 facebook address is out there There's other pastors in the valley who have some little blips on prayer and fasting that will will help you Uh, But we want to join together. We're not like fully immersed in all of that But we are uh, with a number of other churches in the valley. We are setting that aside And so I want to remind you of that make sure that every day Hopefully you are praying every day that we are a people of prayer That You are doing that and it is an important time. We're talking on Sunday night. Jesus Said this he said if you want to be my disciple or if you want to follow me How many of you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Right, so he said really you have to do a few things if you want to be a disciple that you have to deny yourself And so fasting is a tremendous way of saying I'm going to deny myself this and I'm going to focus on him He says, you're going to have to reprioritize your life. He said, if you have other things before me, I'm paraphrasing, but if you have other things in order before me, you can't possibly be my disciple. And then he says, you have to take up your cross daily in order to follow me. And that means you have to crucify your old man. Uh, On a daily basis and so again fasting and prayer helps us in such a dynamic way And so uh, we raise our hand we say we want to be a disciple of jesus But we have to follow him in that area and he said that I didn't he said listen without these things I'm, not saying if you don't do this, I cut you off. He said he's really explaining to us that if we don't put him first That we can't be his disciple because we're following something else and so it'll just help us. And really, church wide, valley wide, there's things going on throughout the earth, the United States, the church is gathering together right now at this time. And praying. And so in our nation, certainly we're praying for our nation and the things that are coming up in the election, we're praying for that. But really, uh, and and that's our privilege and that's our right and that is our responsibility. I encourage you to register. Again, uh, to have so many Christians not register to vote is kind of a you know we just abdicate those things and so we don't do that we look at scripture we look at what other what the people in office what they're that not what they're saying on television but what their record is how they vote for certain things and then we endeavor to look at the scripture and put people who are voting concerning righteousness in there it's our responsibility to look at those things but really uh, we're praying that the church arises. The church should actually be a beacon and a governing force in the world thank god you have kingdoms and you have nations and you have leaders but the church should be rising and setting a path and example that people look at and that they watch we're not following the world the bible says listen the sons of disobedience they get caught up in every fad of the world which is dictated by the prince of the power of the air these things change why they keep you in that ambiguity what's happening next what's going on but jesus christ is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. And the kingdom of God is moving, and though there's diversities and times and moves of God and difference of uh, uh, what the spirit is doing, it's the same spirit. And we're raising up, and God wants to raise up the church, that when people look at the church, they see something different. They see different results. They see different life. They see different joy. They see different peace, right? God continued to tell us that there's something extraordinary about this Christian life that we now live. He said the joy that we have is not just, just joy and happiness. It's joy on unspeakable and it's full our joy should be full of the glory and the splendor Of God, Jesus said i'm coming and i'm coming to bring you peace, but it's not peace like the world gives I give you a different kind of peace and my peace is a peace that passes all understanding And it'll guard your heart and it'll guard your mind in christ jesus See the church may have the same things that we call. Oh, we have joy. We have peace The world has joy and the world has peace But it's a different kind of joy and a different quality of joy It's a different kind of peace and it's just a different quality of peace. It says that I have Shed my love abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit The love of God is a different kind of love and it's a different quality of love than just natural human love Right, and so these things that come from the Spirit of God the world might put the same name on them, but they're different They're just a different level a different quality of that And when we rise up and recognize that the life that is on the inside of us by the Spirit of God Supersedes the natural life. We're not just mere men and women. We're not just living by human nature Anymore, but we're living by the nature of the Spirit of the living God that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you He dwells in me and he's doing something to create a change and a life that Supersedes the natural old kind of life that we used to live And so we pray for those around us we pray for our leaders, but we really need to pray that the church arises and recognizes what happened in the power of the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ That the church would be what Jesus said it would be, a light unto the world. We don't put our light under a bushel, but we let our light so shine before men. Amen? And people are watching. And Jesus is watching. Come on, if you don't think Jesus is watching, some people say, well, you know, I I know Pastor Mark is preaching, you may go somewhere else. Uh, If Jesus was here, well, let me just tell you, Jesus is here. And if you don't think Jesus shows up to church and just read Revelation, and Jesus showed up to church and they didn't know that he was showing up and he had John write what he was telling John and he said, listen, to the church, I've showed up and I've watched you And I've seen what you're doing. And I've seen some of it and it's good and some of it is not good. And he said, because of the not good, you're going to lose your influence in your city if you don't repent. Well, that got quiet. (laughs) See, we think if Jesus would show up, Jesus shows up and he watches. And he doesn't just watch what we're doing in the building. That's what he was saying. I've watched your works and stuff, but I watched what goes on when you go outside of the building and the church got filled up. Those churches, many of them got filled up with fornication, they got filled up with sexual immorality, they got filled up with greed and, and and then they got filled up with comfort. And they got lukewarm. And I'm sure those people just like us were like, if Jesus would show up to church, we'd straighten up. And Jesus is right, having John right. I am showing up to church and I know exactly what you're doing. And so now is a good time to look at what you're doing, change what you're doing for what purpose. He said, I'll remove, if you don't repent, I'll remove your lamp from the lampstand. He said, in other words, your influence that I've ordained for you to have will not be effective unless we look and realize our role, our place, and what Christ has done for us to be a light to our city and to our valley. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's not my message, but it ties into my message. Glory to God, let's just get started into our message turn over your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2 our series of messages is what about now? I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online I want to welcome our meeker campus We're so happy that our meeker campus is joining us uh Pastor Shane and Ashley Woodham, our our campus pastors at Meeker, they're doing such an awesome job. We thank you for being up there and uh, uh, being campus pastors up there at Meeker and for the Meeker congregation. We're glad that you're with us and we're glad that you're in Meeker affecting Uh, That area with the gospel of jesus christ in galatians chapter 2. We've been talking. What about now? We started last week talking from this scripture uh, uh, And and encouraging ourselves that there's something that we have to do now And so paul said this he says I have been crucified with christ It is no longer I who lives but christ who lives in me And this is where we want to highlight it. he says and the life that I which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, listen, because I was crucified with Christ, it's no longer I, the old man who was governed by selfish nature that lives... But there's a brand new creation that emerged and the new man the life that i now live which denotes there was a different kind of life that i live but when i accepted jesus christ and what he did for me then when he died i died with him when he was buried i was buried with him when he raised i raised with him that's called identification with christ and when you have that identification with christ you know the old man died and was crucified and a new man emerged and paul said this new man now lives lives every single day by faith in the son of God he didn't say the new the life which I now live I try to live by faith the best that I can no he says the life that I now live I live by faith in the son of God See, a lot of people say, I tried that faith stuff. Well, faith is not something that you can try. If you're trying it, it's not really faith. Faith is something you grab a hold of and that you live by. And it's something that affects your life every single day. When we went over the scriptures last week, That the, the, in Old and New Testament, God declares that the just, those who have been justified, live, live every single day by faith. Paul said this in Romans chapter 1, and I'm talking about the same guy who wrote this, that the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. In Romans chapter 1, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for uh, the gospel has within it the power of God for salvation. Not just for the Jew, but also for the Greek, that we understand that it takes us from faith to faith, because the just shall live by faith. Now listen, Paul said this. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God and I live every day by faith. This is the same Apostle Paul that was stoned and left for dead. This is the same Apostle Paul that was arrested, beaten, and thrown in a lower dungeon and at midnight began to sing praises to God. This is the same Apostle Paul that was shipwrecked When he told everybody, don't launch or we're going to have a shipwreck, he told everybody this is going to happen, yet he was still shipwrecked. Not one person was lost, lost their life because the apostle Paul had faith in God and prayed and it saved other people's lives. This is not the Apostle Paul that we imagine that was American pastor that lived in comfort and said, I live every day by faith. No, this is an Apostle Paul that lived in controversy, that lived in adversity, that lived with his life threatened, and he said, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Why? Because he loved me and he gave himself for me. This is the same Apostle Paul that said, I've run my race and I've finished my course and I did it with Joy. How could he do it with joy? Because he lived every single day by faith in the Son of God. Not every week, not every Sabbath, not every Sunday. I I kind of re-up on my faith. On Sunday I have faith, but Wednesday I don't know where it is. Every day he lived by faith. And he encouraged us, us to live every day by faith. And we're not of those people, Hebrews chapter Ten Tells us that we are not of those who draw back because we live by faith. We don't draw back We don't backslide into perdition, but we press in we press through adversity to bring about Salvation of souls we press into the salvation that he purchased for us But we also press in to see those around us who we know are lost and dying We press in we have faith in God not only that he saved our life, but he died for them as well and we press past that controversy and the adversity so that they might hear the word of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we introduced this last week that there's really four things that daily, if we're, we're living daily, if we're exercising our faith daily, that we should be exercising our faith in daily. I want to encourage you as we go through this Not to just think about it as as churchy. Because you're going to run into things Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Even this afternoon. Even though it's Sunday. Probably if you really just bow your knee before we go home today and say, God, I'm in. I'm 100% in. I'm going to live every day by faith. Somebody's going to cut you off going out of the parking lot. And you're going to go out that And somebody in this room is going to go out that, and they're going to cut you off. A fellow believer. And you could lose your faith in the Son of God in a moment. Say, no, I'll still believe in Jesus. How much? Because see, the disciples, they would listen to Jesus preach a message. And then they would get in a boat and it would start storming and they would go, oh my God, we're going to die. And he said... How is it you have no faith or, oh, you have little faith? We've talked about that before and why we live every day by faith and we concentrate. We we spend some focused time about living every day by faith is because from Sunday to Wednesday, if the storm kicks up and you're like, oh, my God, what are we even doing this for? We're dying. He says your faith was short term. Whenever he said you had little faith, he was not talking about the size of your faith, but he was talking about the duration of your faith. And so often we hear a message and we get excited about it, but by Wednesday it's faded in the course of life and the trouble that comes, and God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to live every day throughout the week by faith. But sometimes we're putting our faith in whether the check comes in or we're putting our faith in whether or not our bodies feel good or we're putting our faith in whether or not our family is succeeding, whether our marriage is doing good, whether, you know, uh, our, our habits are changing. We put our faith in that. But see, we'll never get over putting our faith in that. We'll get over those things by putting our faith in the Son of God. Because he's the one who died and gave himself for us. So the number one thing that we talked about every single day, putting your faith in God every single day should be part of your daily walk, your daily confession, whether under your breath or in your prayer, something to be renewed every day is what Christ has done for us through the work on the cross. Every single day when that person gets in your face at work, To realize what Christ did for me on the cross is much more important than what this person is doing to me right now. This person who is berating me or yelling at me or making me feel bad right now is nothing compared to what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. Come on, my faith is not in this person and how they're treating me. My faith is in Jesus and what he did for me. And it'll cause you to stand in that adversity and love that person. Why? Because my faith is in how much Jesus loved me so that I could love them even in the midst of adversity. He did that for me for a reason, so I could be bolstered, so I could be strengthened. So in the face of adversity, I could stand still believing that even though this is happening, that happened and it's far greater. That's how the Apostle Paul could say today's present suffering Come on, our present suffering is like if that other Christian didn't hug me, I said hi to them. And they turned and looked at somebody else. Oh, my suffering. Paul was saying my present suffering. I was stoned and left for dead. I was beaten and thrown in prison. He said, but today's present suffering is nothing compared to the glory that shall be revealed. He said, there's something, what keeps me going, what keeps me establishing churches, what keeps me preaching the gospel is because I believe in what Jesus has done for me more than what is happening to me today. Today, what Jesus has done for me is far greater. First Peter chapter two. I believe with all of my heart, I want to exhort you today that we forget about these things. Going through daily life, we think that we're faith people, but daily we allow things to overcome and we forget. It moves to the back of our thinking. See, remembering scripturally means to bring to the forefront of your thinking, to keep at the forefront of your thinking. And so God continually tells the children of Israel and tells his people, remember, do not forget. The psalmist in the 103rd Psalm, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. In other words, all the benefits, the one who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, the one who's crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies, the one who is working in you to renew your youth and has crowned you with good things and filled your mouth with good things. He said, Don't forget about that. Don't allow that to go to the back of your thinking Because the enemy is going to try to bombard you and move stuff to the front, the forefront of your thinking to get it superseding what should be at the front of our thinking. And that is what Jesus Christ has done for us. And if what Jesus has done for us is at the forefront of our thinking and we believe it and we are convinced that it's absolutely true and we rely upon it and we adhere to it and we're faithful to it because that's what faith is. It moves everything else to the back and brings everything else into the subjection of what Christ has done. Come on, can you see that? So it doesn't matter if a deal goes through in business or doesn't go through in business. Jesus Christ died for you and he raised from the dead and he seated you at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. And he's your head. And everything's under his feet. So if that deal didn't go through, he has a different one for you. Don't hang your hat and put your faith on that one deal. Because that one deal's temporal. Jesus has something eternal that he's establishing in your heart and your life. Every day by faith to remember Jesus did something. That was amazing. It was grand. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. This is what tells us what Jesus did for us. He, who himself bore our sin, bore our sin. Everybody say, my sin. my sin. See, sometimes we forget that. We're just like, I'm a good person. But Jesus bore your sin. He bore my sin. That thing that was working to destroy you to kill you, to keep you separated from God, Jesus bore it in his own body. That's what he did for you. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Come on, that song we sang, by his stripes I'm healed, by his death I live, by his stripes I'm healed. By his death, I live. Come on, every day to stop and say, whew, what Jesus did for me. By whose stripes you were healed. Listen to this, Colossians chapter 1. In verse 12, it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of saints in light. He has already done it. What has Christ done for me? My faith is in what Christ has done for me. He's already made me to be a partaker of the inheritance. He's already made me a son and a daughter. If I've received him, I've also received the spirit of adoption by whom I cry, Abba, Father. If I'm a son and a daughter, then I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't have to seek for everything the world has. I'm an heir of heaven. But we forget that when all of a sudden the bill comes in that seems to be too much. Man, how am I going to take care of this? And God says, listen, you have an inheritance that is incorruptible and it's undefiled because you're my son and you're my daughter. I've given you a spirit of adoption. I've not only purchased you by my own precious blood, But I've made you a son and a daughter. I've taken that old nature out, and I put my nature in. When you got born again, you got born of the Spirit of God. Your DNA on the inside of your spirit is the same as God Peter said this I've made you to partake of the divine nature I put my DNA in you so you can draw from the divine nature not the sinful nature But the divine nature. That's what he's done for you And what happens we get faced with adversity on Wednesday and we start drawing on the old nature How do I protect myself? How do I manipulate? And all of a sudden worry and anger and strife and bitterness. Those works of the flesh stir up. Why? Because we don't stop and say, wait a minute. I don't have faith or trust or reliance upon my old man. My faith is in what Jesus has done for me. And he's made me to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. Listen, that's not all. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Come on, he's taken you out of the power of darkness. What is the power of darkness? Ignorance and deception. That's the power that the enemy has is to keep you ignorant and deceive you. In other words, to make you think that this is an end all, this trouble, this, this situation in your marriage, this situation with your kids, this situation in your job. Oh my God, this is the end of all. And that's deception. He says he's delivered you from that. If you'll put your power, this, this too will pass. God has something far better for you to walk in. Why because he's delivered you from the power of darkness conveyed you into the kingdom of the son of his love It's in him. You have redemption Through his blood the forgiveness of sin every day We have faith in we're convinced we rely upon we adhere to we're faithful to these truths They're life-changing They're brought to us and they're written to us not to Quote at church, but to have into our hearts that when day-to-day life hits When things are you're having trouble in your marriage union that you begin to say listen It's not so much what they do for me or don't do for me It's what Christ has done for me That's going to turn this whole thing around because what Christ has done for me is working in me to make me the best spouse that I can be And I believe that he's working in them to make them the best spouse that they can be And instead of fighting and trying to get them to change, we put our faith in the Son of God. It's so easy to change what we believe in in a moment's time. We can believe in the storm that we're going to die. We can believe in the time, where is God? Where Where has he gone at this moment? I need him right now. But we have faith in what he's done for us. And when we receive him, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go. He's with you when you fight with your spouse. He's right there in the living room. And you can invite him to give you the peace and the right words to say. Or the devil standing right there saying, "Don't listen to that. I have I have exactly what you should say and what you have the right to say." See, Jesus will say you have the right to say that, but if you don't say it, you could have peace. And the devil says come on man say what say what you need to say and Jesus by the Holy Spirit says if you say what you need to say it could be rough but if you just keep quiet for a moment I can work something here if you just get your mouth out of the way I could do something and it's at that moment we say I have faith in what you've done for me. You went to the cross so that I could have a great marriage. That went over big. All right. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) It's absolutely true. I got to hurry up. I thought we'd get through two of these today, but we'll probably just get through one. Praise the Lord. He's redeemed your life. It says, in him we have redemption. Just in case you don't know, it's not really a religious word. Redemption means to buy back. Your faith is in the fact that Jesus bought your life back from the bondage and the destruction of sin by his own precious blood. He redeemed you. Redemption. So I'm going to tell my age here. Uh, When I was growing up, we used to go, uh, if you'd go shopping, you'd go grocery shopping. I used to love this. You'd go grocery shopping. And um, when, at the checkout line, you know, if you bought enough groceries, and we had five kids, so lots of times the grocery cart was full. So the lady, they would ring up your deal, and then there was a thing, and she would stick her finger in there like a telephone and go, whoop, and all of a sudden these green stamps would come out. And then she'd do a little one for the change, and little green stamps would come out. So, my mom would take those and put those in the bag, and when we went home, we got to stick those stamps in a book. <laughs> How awesome is that? But better than that, once you filled the book, you took the book to a redemption center an SH Green Stamp Redemption Center. Right? For all of you young people, it's like points. (laughs) When you buy and get points, and then you can take your points and buy something. Same stuff. This is just a better story. (laughs) It's not digital. This is like real hands-on life. Like Alan said, you have to actually do something. And so we'd stick those in. We'd get so excited as that book got fuller. And then, then, then when you get that book full, then you get a catalog and you start figuring out how many books you had full, right? Everybody's 60 and older's like, everybody under 60's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so we'd get so many books full and we'd look and then you'd look in there and go, man, we go to the Redemption Center and we're getting that. And we'd look at what we wanted, and my mom would say, no, I need a new mixer. And you're like, no, if you get a new mixer, we don't get this toy. <laughs> but then you'd take those books, and you'd put them on the counter, and you'd say, here's what we want. And you'd redeem, or you'd take those things, and you'd take the price of all that in those S&H green stamps, and you'd get what the catalog said you'd get. Listen, when we take our case of the blood of Jesus and our faith in the blood of Jesus to the throne room. And we say the blood purchased and redeemed healing and peace and joy. I'm not bringing my works, but I'm bringing my acknowledgement and my faith in the blood. I need some forgiveness right now. He said, by the power of the blood, I forgive you. I wash you. I heal you. I restore you. I've redeemed your life. Come on, every day. Every day our faith is in what Jesus has done for us. Romans 8. Paul says this, he says, verse 3, it says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did it already by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Thank God. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, And such were some of you. He's talking about the sin. If you read before that, the sin, he said, Such were some of you, but you were washed. But you were not gonna be, you were washed by the blood. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Come on, we have three more things we'll have to take up next week. But Paul said this can we say this with the Apostle Paul? I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But today, right now, the life that I now live, right now, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith today. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, no matter what happens, no matter what comes in the mail, no matter what my spouse says, no matter what my children are doing, I bring all that, through my faith in what Jesus Christ has already done for me and I begin to resolve those issues and I begin to take those issues captive to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and it begins to change everything because I'm going to not just recognize what he did for me but I'm going to begin we're going to talk about this next week I'm going to begin to recognize who I now am In Christ because it makes all the difference in the world when these things come about that I know who I am Not who people are making me feel to be but who I am in Christ but at first before I can know who I am I Have to know what he did for me And I have to believe in everything that he's done for me so that I know that what he's done for me makes me a new creation in Christ Because you see 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us again what Jesus did for us and where our faith is. He who knew no sin became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right now, I challenge us to ask ourselves every day when things happen, am I putting my faith in what Jesus has done for me, more than what others are saying and what's happening to me, what he's done for me. Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Why don't you stand up? I want the worship team to come up here. I want to pray, and then I want to sing that song. I want to leave us with a little bit of a yeah. remembrance. You know, those songs, they'll stick in your head. I want to leave you singing, by his stripes I'm healed. By his death I live. The power of sin is overcome. He is risen, right? He's won. Praise the Lord. They're all making an adjustment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to ask you if you're watching online, you're on the Meeker campus, you're in this room, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, this is the very beginning, to be able to put faith in what Jesus has done for you. Once you put faith in what Jesus has done for you, you become a new creation in Christ, and there's all kinds of new aspects of who you become and who you are, and a transformation of life, and then you start to realize that there is something going on in you. There's a redevelopment. There's a place and then you begin to realize that God wants to use me to do exploits in the world, but it all begins with believing that Jesus Christ died for your sin That the destruction and the power of sin could be broken and the mercy of God could be released and you could become a new creation in Christ a son and a daughter if you're here this morning And you don't know Jesus. You might have gone to church all of your life, but you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never said, come in, be the master of my life. I'm done with my own life, running my own life, and running into the troubles I keep running into. I'm ready, Jesus, for you to be the Lord of my life. If you're ready to say, I believe that you raised from the dead, that I might be justified, that I might be sanctified, that I might be washed, today's your day to change and begin to move in a Brand new life by faith in the Son of God. If you're here this morning, you've never prayed that prayer of salvation, raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. It'll start an incredible journey and transformation for you of great power, great demonstration. If you're watching, God's moving on your heart, then pray this prayer with me. Let's all pray this together. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm done living life my way. This morning, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died for my sin and that God raised you from the dead so that I could be forgiven. I receive that now. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for being my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, uh, go on to our app and go to My Story and let us know that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. We'll be so happy we'll rejoice with you. We want to send you some things or, or move you uh, online to some information that will help you uh, begin to walk out this extraordinary life that God has planned for you. If you were here, you didn't raise your hand, but you should have and you prayed that prayer. Uh, let an altar worker knew that, know that. We want to just give you uh, some information. Praise the Lord. Let's just end singing this song. I just believe that it'll send us out with that recognition into our week of, of remembering and understanding and declaring what Christ has done for us. Amen.